On today's episode of Locked On Canucks, we discuss how a former Canucks icon tells a current Canucks player to not come back and play, a current Canucks prospect who is trailblazing a path for a lot of young kids, and also why the NHL needs to infuse more hip-hop culture into the sport. It's Locked On Canucks, and it starts now. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's Thursday, June the 2nd. Yes, June 2nd. Summer is upon us. I know the weather is not the best, but summer is here, and it's... Uh, NHL offseason time. It's all that fun stuff, but I digress. Welcome to Locked On Canucks. I want to thank you all for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. We, of course, are free and available wherever you get your podcast services. So as I mentioned off the top, uh, we're going to dive into a few different things. Uh, Of course, I'm going to look at the JT Miller's contract. As the last two previous episodes, I looked into Brock Besser's contract situation and Bo Horvat's contract situation. Two guys who I feel it's pretty certain that will, or at least in Horvat's case, pretty much a lock that he will re-sign with Vancouver with Besser. It's looking very likely, but of course, JT Miller's contract situation um, is the one in limbo, and it's why he's been brought up with a whole bunch of different rumors and stuff like that. So we'll dive into that. We're going to talk about a certain Canucks prospect, uh, R.T. Baines from Surrey, B.C., and how um, he, of course, was awarded the Bob Clark Award for WHL's top score, the first, of course, South Asian player of descent to do that. Um so, but I'm also going to talk about just how important it is for somebody be from the South Asian community, seeing somebody that looks like me or comes from the same hometown as me, or even just not myself, but other young kids from Surrey, that how important it is to see somebody thrive um, from our community and uh, do special things with the Canucks. And also, um, for those of you that didn't watch last night, a lot of iconic, uh, no, no, sorry, not iconic, sorry, a lot of people on Twitter. Uh, it was iconic that I was tweeted on it, but um, a lot of people on Twitter were uh, getting back and forth with me about Bobby Shmurda. For those of you who don't know, Bobby Shmurda is a hip-hop artist, a hip-hop a, or a rapper from New York, and he was making waves across social media, uh, clowning on some Tampa fans at MSG as he was in attendance for Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. So I'm going to touch on why hockey needs to ask these hip-hop artists or celebrities to come to their games to make hockey seem cooler. But first... Um, like I said, I'm just going to go right into talking about Gino Ojik, who was on TV the other day, uh, getting inducted into the BC Sports Hall of Fame or BC Hockey Hall of Fame, excuse me, um, and how he was asked by Michael Furlan, how Michael Furlan, former Kanaku, of course, has been on LTIR away for the team for a while, uh, dealing with concussion problems. And uh, he asked Gino Ojik for advice on if he should come back and that he wants to come back. And Gino Ojik, being the OG he is, basically told him, no, do not come back. Think about your life after hockey and the quality of life you want to live going forward. Um, And I think that's extremely, extremely important. Um, When you look at professional sports and especially the Canadian market with hockey, fans, media expect a lot from players. We tend to forget the fact that these professional athletes are humans too. 
we forget that you know they have families they have lives outside of hockey outside of the nhl um which is very important and for somebody with the stature of Gino ojik and who's been through not only the battles on the ice but off the ice as well health concerns all these other things that he's gone through and to be just a great ambassador of the canucks organization and to spit wisdom to a guy like michael Froden, who let's face it during his tenure in vancouver has not um, gone the way he's ever hoped not the way any fans hope because he's been battling injuries this entire time it's hard for athletes who you know want to prove to fans and the organization and themselves that hey i'm track worth what these guys signed me for i know i can do it and they tend to forget that, hey, I have, if I retire, I still have another, hopefully, 50 plus years of life I have to figure out to live. Right. Um, so, seeing that and listening to that, I found it very uh, important to talk about because we tend to forget the fact that these guys are humans, that they have their, they have feelings, they have issues, they have things that we all go through. And to have, a mentor a pillar of the organization like gino oj who stepped forward and said no think about your life think about your kids think about your family and don't come back and play i don't think it's right for michael Fern to come back and play either it's not my decision but as a fan as a person who understands the game as a person who has watched hockey for years take care of yourself take care of your family especially with brain injuries you never know nobody knows what's going to happen think about your life after hockey think about your life you know, you've made, if you're Michael Froome has been an NHL player for a while now, you've made a decent amount of money, more money than you'd probably ever make doing a regular nine to five job. You've made enough money. Think about your lifestyle. Make those smart investments. Make those smart decisions to maximize that money. Don't worry about moving or coming back as a competitor. Worry about what your family, your kids, will your kids be able to see their father? Were their kids going to grow up with their your father? Think about that type of stuff. I feel like sometimes in professional sports, that gets lost in the shuffle. So that's why I want to bring it up and discuss it that, hey, Michael Furlan, although he wants to come back and play, he had to hear from an OG saying, no, don't come back and play. Worry about your family. Worry about your own health first before you do that. So I just want to commend Gino Ojek for saying something that potentially not a lot of people would want to say. A lot of people, maybe people might have just said, hey, you know, do what you want to do. But to have that... Um, figure say no don't come back worry about yourself and your own health first um, that definitely is very um, brought a smile to my face to see um that somebody was you know spitting wisdom and fat wisdom to somebody who needed it um and that you know it resonated hopefully so that's that but another thing i want to talk on is rsd baines of course the canucks signed the red deer rebels uh red deer rebels um product who just led the WHL in scoring, of course, a Surrey native. Um, he, I was very, uh, for me, I was very um, happy when I when I heard this news when he signed with the Canucks back um, at the um, what was it the spring when was it I uh, knew the uh, March March February March I think it was, um, but look, he had 112 points, 43 goals, and 68 games with the Red Deer. Um, and then, of course, he signed a professional contract. Canucks, um, the f he was the first ever South Asian player to claim the league scoring title. Um, seeing somebody from Surrey, British Columbia, where I have been, where I was raised and where I'm from, and 
you know, where he's from as well. He talked about playing at Fleetwood Ice. Uh, he did an art, uh, this article come out uh, done by the Canucks, and there was an article done by Sportsnet where he talked about, you know, skating at Fleetwood Rink. He and I played in the same hockey association. Obviously, he's a little bit younger than me, so I never got to cross paths. But seeing somebody from my hometown, from my culture, the Punjabi community, who, quite frankly, we have some very passionate fans in the Canucks community. We have people that you know live and die for the Canucks like nobody else's business. And to see somebody from our community, um, from that looks like us, talks like us, you know, comes from the same customs as playing for the hometown team. For me, that that brings me so much joy seeing that. You know, you always hear about how hockey's not inclusive. Hockey's not. You know, for all, it's, you know, there's racism problems, which there definitely is. And anybody out there, a person of color that's played hockey can tell you that racism is alive and well in hockey. But to see the Canucks, you know, sign a a player, you know, who's well-deserving of it, the WHL and scoring. The WHL is, in my opinion, probably the toughest junior league to play in. Um, sign a kid, and now he's probably going to get an opportunity to play in Abbotsford. You know, it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing to see somebody from South Asian descent from the Punjabi community. For me, it's almost like myself if if I was playing. That's how proud I felt because for, I don't know if I can speak for everybody in the Punjabi community, but for, at least from my point of view, my perception of it, seeing somebody, you know, all these all these young kids that now play hockey now. Because when I started playing hockey, you know, I was one of a few. But now you look in the landscape of hockey in British Columbia, there are tons, tons of South Asian kids, Punjabi kids playing hockey now. And it's amazing to see. I love it. I hope there's more of it. Um, and I, I just wanted to say that, you know, him winning the Bob Clark Award, the first South Asian player to do that, the best offensive player. Um, I really hope this works out. Now, I just to, we had guys like Robin Bawa, you know, Manny Mahotra, you know, Sportsman did a great feature on Manny Mahotra being a South Asian descent. I remember when he signed with the Canucks, I thought that was so cool that a guy who was Indian was playing on the Canucks, right? You know, the Canucks have done a wonderful job, I think, embracing the South Asian community um, in BC. You know, they have the Diwali Knights, they celebrate Vasaki, you know, they have, you know, local prominent figures come to the games during those those nights. You know, they ha- they accept you know, us, our fans, you know, you, the one thing I love about a Canucks game, whenever you go to a Canucks game, and I think I said this on my first episode, you go to a Canucks game, you see all, everybody from all different types of walks of life. It doesn't matter the social class, economic class, color of their skin, whatever. Everybody can go to a Canucks game and bond over the Vancouver Canucks. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things uh, that we have in our, in our, in our city, you know, that, on a given night during the hockey season, all these people can convene to Rogers Arena and watch the Canucks win, lose, overtime loss, or loss, it doesn't matter. Everybody can come to Rogers Arena and watch a Canucks game. And that's what draws people together. And it just makes me so proud to see somebody from our community, my hometown, getting a chance, an opportunity to potentially do something extremely special uh, for the hometown team, the Vancouver Canucks, a team that, of course, um, I love dearly. And I know a lot of other people within my Punjabi community love dearly. So uh, I just want to say that as well. Give R.S.T. Baines his props um, that he duly deserves um, for, you know, being sort of a pioneer, being a pioneer and being, you know, being the chance to do something special and potentially, you know, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Potentially, you know, acting as a role model, serving as a role model for other players. You know, same with like Jajar Kara, who, you know, had a good stint at Edmonton now is in Chicago. These guys that are now making out of our community are now just serving as more, um, more role models and more, you know, they're paving a path for these younger kids that are playing now that are going to be able to say, hey, if he can make it, why can't I? If he can do this, why can't I? And then you're going to see more and more kids develop in hockey. And it's amazing to see. And I think that is just a beautiful thing about this game. Um, all the negativity, this was also one story that, you know, brought a smile to my face and also shows that, you know, hockey has a chance to uh, be for everybody. Um, so I just want to talk about that. Also, uh, before we... I'm going to take a little break, but uh, I first want to tell you what's coming up after the break. After this break, we're going to talk about JT Miller, of course, going to dive into his contract situation and what a potential contract might look like, what's the breaking point for Vancouver, stuff like that. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built. We've been taking, we sorry, we've been asking and Built delivered. Built granola bars are here. Built granola bars come in three unbelievable flavors, chocolate, peanut butter, chocolate, coconut, and white chocolate berry. Want to try all three flavors? You can get a mixed box at built.com right now. These are so different from the other bars and the puffs. Built granola are lo- loaded with built granola bars are loaded with granola. Tongue twister there. It's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. But just like the bars and puffs, these babies are packed with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate with 150 calories, 15 grams of protein. The and only four grams of sugar. Built granola bars will change your world. Built has cracked the code to better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch, take on the road, and or eat as a snack. And they've made collagen. They're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So if you've heard, if you've been waiting for a healthy, delicious granola bar to hit the market, this is your time. Head to built.com right now to get built granolas, three delicious flavors to try. Now, of course, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Don't miss out. You got to get yours today. Go to built.com to get your built granola bars now. We've got a special offer for you. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get your to get 15% off your order. Once again, that's use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off built.com. Now that we're back, I'm going to go into the JT Miller contract situation. Of course, the last couple of days I went over the Bo Horvat one. And the Brock Besser one, of course, the Horvat and Besser ones now look like they're going to get done. I know uh, Jim Rutherford has spoke glowingly about Bo Horvat. We know he's the captain. He's probably not going to go anywhere. He'll resign new long-term deal. Brock Besser, it seems like he will sign a shorter-term bridge deal. Um, but it looks like he will remain in the fold. And then there's JT Miller. JT Miller, who, of course, had a career year. You know, 99 points asserted himself as like the emotional leader of the Vancouver Canucks. But, you know, Jim Rother did come out and say that um, we have a certain cap number for JT. We have a certain internal limit for us. And if he doesn't agree to that or doesn't see fit, then we have to make the unemotional decision and move on. So now the questions are circling. Are they going to trade him? Is he just going to play out his contract and leave? Or does he sign a long-term deal? So for me, what I think, if he were to sign a long-term deal, it's probably going to be something similar to what Mika Zibanejad asked for. And of course, Mika Zibanejad, you know, still playing in the playoffs right now with the New York Rangers, just signed a new deal um, coming into in the, you know, 
of 2021, just signed a new deal uh, at the beginning of this season, a new eight-year, $68 million deal for you mathematicians out there. Uh, works out to be an $8.5 million cap hit. Um, so does JT Miller slide into that $8.5 million range? Well, we kind of, I kind of discussed yesterday how, or the other day, excuse me, that, you know, I don't see Bo Horvat getting more than Elias Pettersson, even though he potentially could on the open market. And of course, when the Canucks have only $15 million of cap space going into this offseason, next year does free up a little bit more. But do you really want to spend all that money, uh, $8.5 million on a guy who will be 30 years old? Now, Zibanejad signed, you know, an an eight-year deal. I don't think JT Miller is going to get an eight-year deal per se. He's uh, what JT Miller is about to be 30 years old. You know, he's currently um, 29. He's about to be 30 years old. And do you want to sign a guy who's going to be 37 at the end of this deal? Make it 8.5 million. Right now with Oliver Ekman Larson, about 7.26. So um, I think if the Miller contract, I always thought the Miller contract would be kind of a four-year deal. Um, kind of a, maybe a, a four to five year deal, you know, 33, 34, that gives him the chance to, you know, get some money, get the money, the big contract he wanted, but also gives the Canucks some flexibility that, Hey, like if things go south, you know, we're not stuck for X amount of years afterwards, kind of anchored down to us. Um, I don't think the Canucks would go up to 8.5 for JT Miller. Zabinajad was young. Therefore he got, longer term he's much younger than he's younger than jt miller so he's gonna get a longer term deal because of course age is a fact jt miller is not going to get an eight-year deal from the canucks because at that point in time he's going to be 37 years old 38 years old when this contract is up and that's a horrible anchor now some team might that it might be stupid enough to offer him next summer if he keeps the same you know point production and more power to him if he does that but um i see the miller contract similar to horvat you know, that mid-tier contract I was saying, a four- to five-year deal. I see Miller signing a four- to five-year deal. Uh, emphasis more on the four years, um, maybe at eight. So maybe it's a four-year, you know, $32 million deal, full no-move clause, that whole thing. Um, that allows him to be an unrestricted free agent. Again, at 33, to potentially um, catch, catch another decent-sized contract or whatnot. So... <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see how it shakes down because Miller might just wants to press while the iron's still hot. And who can blame him for that? Uh, he just came off a career year trying to secure the bag. He's been making, you know, his deal is one of the best bargains in the NHL currently. So um, I can definitely see JT Miller wanting to be, you know, I want the full, the full ride, the 8.5, the six, seven year deal, the max money I can get because, you know, I want to get that big deal. So, that is going to be the constant tug and pull. Do I think this deal eventually gets done? Well, I'm optimistic it does. It just comes down to the negotiating. Now, I've been saying that these negotiating things, the leaks have been coming out that, oh, Miller wants, you know, the, the Miller is going to get traded, you know, the Canucks can't afford to keep him. I think it's all just been negotiating tactics within both camps, trying to, you know, scare them off. But I don't think. Jim Rutherford is scared. He said we have a limit, and I think Canucks offer me a four-year, you know, eight million dollar deal. Here it's on the table. Take it right now if you want. We can't guarantee it's going to be there later. If I'm Jim Rutherford, I and JT Miller. Hey, here's a four-year deal worth eight 
million dollars. You're getting a raise from what you're making right now. You get some security four years, $32 million guaranteed. That's something to sneeze at. And you have the opportunity to still get another contract afterwards. Four years, $32 million, it's on the table right now. Take it. Take it or leave it. We can't guarantee it's going to be you there next year. Could be different depending on the situation. So um, I think that's how they got to play. They got to play hardball, set their limit, give them the offer, say, hey, look, this is the best offer we can do, and see if he accepts it, counters it. And if it's a counters close, then maybe you can negotiate, but stick within your means, stay within the line of what the line you've drawn in the sand. So don't cross it, stick with the line. You could toe the line as much as you want, but as long as you stay within that line, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. So that's my stance on the JT Miller contract. Um, offer him a deal. I think it can be a midterm deal for eight, eight million. You know, maybe 8.25, but keep it within that range um, and see what happens. If he doesn't want it, then you know what? You can make the decision of keeping him for the year as a rental and then letting him walk, or you trade him and give him to the highest bidder. So uh, that's what I think about JT Miller. Now, I am optimistic that this deal does get done, but who knows? So one more break. After this, we are going to come back, and I'm going to talk about how the NHL can become cooler yes cooler <laughs> uh but first uh we also have an important favor to ask you we put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite locked on podcast even better this is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about locked on podcast go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey right now to get started it won't take very long and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win 10 100 ticket master gift card to take your audience survey go to lockdownpodcast.com slash survey thank you for your help so, so last segment of the show um and last night I, I was watching the easter conference finals and i saw online a video of rapper bobby schmurda and of course for those you don't know bobby schmurda is a not a massive massive rapper but he's a predominant hip-hop artist and most hip-hop heads know who he is and I saw him yesterday at the Rangers game at MSG clowning on some Tampa Bay Lightning fans. And I put it on Twitter, the NHL should really consider um, asking these hip-hop artists slash celebrities to come to the games because it will make it seem cooler. Now, a couple of people thought that Bobby Shmurda was not cool and that I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, that's your opinion. And then I had a bunch of people that agreed with me because, let's face it, the NHL... As great as the playoffs have been, as great as this sport has been, the best sport in the world, most exciting sport, it's not cool. It's not. As much as I want to think it's cool, the NHL has zero cool factor with the kids these days whatsoever. If you ask most people, you know, in a from a 13 to 29 age demographic, who you ask who your favorite athletes are, I guarantee majority of them will think Oh, sorry, we'll say that their favorite athlete is either an NBA player, an NFL, most charisma, they have the most style, they have the most character, and they're active on social media. In the NHL, if you're active on social media, you're seen as a distraction. If you show some personality or character, you're seen as a not a team guy. You were chastised. The NHL should ask hip-hop artists, celebrities, kids that people resonate with to come to their games, help promote it, cross-promote diversify the game make it cool. that is the only way 
this game will grow down south. Hockey in Canada is fine. We know hockey is always going to be number one in Canada. But in the, um, the States, they have a massive opportunity with the NHL and TNT, which I love. The NHL and TNT does a great job. It's not the NBA inside the NBA on TNT, but it's very good. It's very entertaining. I prefer to watch that. The Gretzky, Tockett, Carter, Biz, you know, all those guys. I love watching. It's comedy. It's fun. It's fresh. It's new, right? Not saying the other ones do a bad job. TNT, I feel, just does a better job than them. So the NHL needs to become cool, needs to get younger, diversify, and that is the way this game will grow. You look at these talk shows, ESPN, your first take, you know, whatever show, Get Up, Fox Sports, The Herd, Undisputed, whatever. None of them talk about hockey. None of them. And they're on ESPN. They're on TNT. You know, you can have platform. They're on these major networks in the state, but yet nobody talks about them. None of these big sports personalities will talk about because nobody cares. How do you get people to care? You bring in influencers. You bring in, you bring in rappers. You make it cool. That is the only way hockey's going to grow. Why do you think nobody likes baseball? Because nobody thinks baseball's cool. Basketball, the NFL are cool. Soccer, you get celebrities there. Nobody comes to hockey games. You need to make it younger and hipper so these kids will come. And that's just my two cents on it. That's the way I feel. If you disagree with me, you disagree with me. But I think being a young person, although I'm 26 now, uh, which kind of scares me, uh, that is how you make this game cool. So take how you want it. If you don't like it, so what? If you like it, hop on the bandwagon. Let's try to change hockey. Make hockey cool. Let's make hockey cool again. But anyway, guys. That is all for today. Enjoy game two of the Western Conference Finals. Been an absolute hoot. I think the series will be better than the Battle of Alberta, hopefully longer as well. Uh, tomorrow we will be back for our Friday episode. So take care, stay safe, and we will talk to you tomorrow.